I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, he's back. My co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Posting and toasting. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, I hate losses like this. I hate, I hate losing to... These type of teams. Oh, you literally... mean the team with the worst record in the NBA? All right. I was going to say the worst team in the league, <laughs> but I didn't know if I was a stretch or not. No, but... they had the worst record in the NBA coming into this game. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but, I mean, honestly, from the very beginning, they just they had the energy. You could tell they were motivated. I mean, in in any other situation, I'm rooting for that team. The team who, you know, is counted out they'd lost their star in a trade you know pretty much everyone had counted them out made fun of them and all that stuff but obviously we're on the other end of this so i'm not rooting them on and uh (laughs) but they didn't have any like players that i was like mad uh, mad at or didn't like i was happy for frank nilakina i mean i i've been very open that i wish we could have traded a second round pick for him uh, I don't mind Julius Randle, Dallas kid. I just walked past him and his family just like a little bit ago. He had his whole family there. It's awesome uh, when he he kills Dallas every time he comes. Every time. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't mind. They just have a weird, dumb like roster <laughs> makeup of their team. But anyway, you obviously didn't listen to the show yesterday with Locked On Knicks guys because they talked at length about how it was not dumb that the forward spots that they. They did not defend that. Are you serious? Yeah. And oh my gosh. I just let it slide. I was like, ah, okay, I'll let them. He's like, that's just it's just not true. He's like, Marcus Morris can play the three. And Bobby Portis and Tosh Gibson are essentially centers. So it's just, you know. Like, all right. The thing the thing with this game is, and there's so much to unpack. We'll break down this game. We'll also preview a little bit of the Memphis game. There's a Memphis game tonight. Uh, both teams were on second night of back-to-back, so we'll talk about that game a little bit as well. This game was just all about hitting shots, I felt like. The the Knicks ended up shooting 41% from the field, uh, but they shot 50% from three. They had 14 of their 28 threes, and it just felt like every time the Mavs tried to do anything, the Knicks had you know hit two or three shots and had an answer. And Marcus Morris just apparently cannot be stopped. The Mavericks don't have enough defenders that can defend one-on-one. They have Dorian Finney-Smith, and Carlisle's answer at the end was Tim Hardaway Jr. We'll definitely talk about him, but he put Tim Hardaway Jr. on Marcus Morris at the end of the game, and that's not a good enough answer roster-wise. I mean, Marcus Morris is, I mean, outside of Julius Randle, he's their best player, I guess. I mean, they're giving him the ball towards the end of the game. Uh, I, I texted you, I'm like, I actually think Marcus Morris would fit pretty great on this Mavericks team. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say it again. Marcus Morris played this whole thing perfectly. He turned down that, or I guess he left the, the Spurs after he signed there, or agreed there. He, he pulled a DeAndre Jordan and agreed to go to the Spurs. It was a two-year deal that was like, what, $10 million total? 
He agrees to go to the Knicks for $15 million for one year. He's going to take all the shots. Did he lead them in shots? Yeah, he's going to lead the, the Knicks in shot attempts per game this year. He's probably going to average 20 points a game. And he's going to go into free agency where there's not as many big-name free agents, and he's going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer that's just going to go and make a bunch of money for another team. And then Cleveland's going to give him, like, $25 million. Played it perfect. Played it perfect. <laughs> Good for him. He was unstoppable. 29 points in this game. Come on. He was 4 of yeah. 8 from 3. He had 5 free throws. This no Mavericks gets- defense, man. It's not it's good. Rough. It's not it hasn't been this whole season. I mean, we've been talking about how good the Mavericks offense has been and how they are what, first or second in offensive rating and their defense has always been, you know, bottom 20 this whole beginning of the or bottom 10 the whole beginning of the season and that's always been an issue and it reared its ugly head again. I if you follow the NFL, I I've joked that Lucas Lamar, second year players, all this stuff they literally are the Chiefs of the NBA. Of Their defense is horrible, but their offense is so good, and they have these dynamic players in Luke and KP. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Like, it, but the defense is just so bad to where you have to try to outscore these teams. And when you give up this amount of points, what was it? I mean, they gave up 106 to uh, the Knicks tonight. But the Knicks is outside shooting. It's a combination of two things. One, they were just on fire. Two, they had open threes, too. I mean, it, they shot 50% from the three-point line tonight, 14 of 28 as a team. But the Knicks only played eight players for the most part. Damian Dotson only had six uh, six minutes in the game, but they pretty much ran an eight, eight-man rotation. Marcus Morris played 48 minutes. I mean, not 48, 40 minutes uh, tonight, but... Frank Nilakina played 37. They're very open going into the game. Fizdale said, "Hey, Nilakina's going to guard Luca from the very beginning. You know, he's going to get a lot of ton, you know, a lot of looks on Luca and I mean, Luca did his thing. I mean, it, what's crazy is we have kind of a lost statistical game for Luca because it's all about yeah. the loss. It's all about KP's first game against the Knicks and all this stuff. Meanwhile, freaking Luca puts up 38 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. And it's kind of like an afterthought right now. It's a career high for him. His career high going into the game, he had it twice last year. It was 35, and then he tops it now with 38. It's wild he still hasn't had a 40-point game. And it's also wild that I think it's wild that he hasn't had a 40-point game yet. <laughs> it's just the way that he's been playing. This game comes down to a whole lot of things, like you said. Um, let's do let's do a new thing. Let's do the, the fiery Isaac Uh-oh. Four. Okay. Oh crap! What is this? After losses, let's come up with five or four, maybe five. I guess four things that we blame this loss on. <laughs> this is dangerous for me. <laughs> you don't have to come up with all of them, but uh, okay. <laughs> Nick's shot making, I guess, or or should we just put open open looks? I mean, the Mavericks defense as a whole. I don't care to just. I mean, bash that. I mean, it was just horrible. Yeah, it was bad. It, it it was bad. They had open looks. Not just open threes. There's a difference between having open threes. But I feel like Todd Gibson had like four open shots from like the elbow. That was just wide open. Yeah, like and, and Ty, feet, no Ty's can him. hit that shot. Like he can knock down that shot. Yeah. Like, listen, he he got like 20 million this offseason. Oh, you didn't but, watch uh, the broadcast, uh, Harp called Taj oh, Gibson. Wait, what'd you say? Harp called Taj Gibson Tyus in the middle of the game, and it was really funny. It was like really blatant. Like he hit a jumper, and he was like, "Tyus can do that in his career. He's been doing that his whole career." 
I, I wish we just had a thread of of our favorite harp comments during games. I know I should thread them, but I just I don't think about it. So open looks the Mavs defense. Uh, can we? I mean the the supporting cast. Can we blame the supporting cast? I don't. So Tim McMahon asked Rick after the game, and I'm honestly kind of shocked that Carlisle didn't just go in on him about it. But Rick, bas- I mean McMahon, basically asked him, "Hey man, you've started like six different lineups <laughs> in this yeah, so far this we're, season. We're gonna get are, to that answer." Okay, are you ever going to go with like some consistency? Like, is that something you're like trying to shoot for? And yeah, I was waiting for it, but um, and one thing that I'm just done with is asking Rick Carlisle why somebody didn't play because, like, the Seth Curry thing is it's so I'm so intrigued by that because he's their you know he is their best shooter and he doesn't get a ton of minutes. It seems like he has a pretty short leash. Um, it's just, I mean, he didn't even attempt a single shot tonight and he played and he played 12 minutes. I don't, I don't know. It, it just goes, there's so many guys we've talked about this a thousand times. You just hit, like, so, you just hit like eight points all in a row. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just, I don't even know what to talk about the rotation because there's so many dudes and you can only so, play so many guys that in losses, you're trying to figure out, well, so, so-and-so should have played. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm frustrated. But this is not fiery Isaac. This is like, like uh, I don't know, a different kind of Isaac. This is this is like mud Isaac. He's just laying there like, ugh. Yeah. So and literally, right. it's, it, yeah. Let's uh, coming up. We'll hear that answer from Carlisle. We'll hear the answer about Seth Curry. The answer about the rotations, the consistency, and then a little bit from Luca at the end as well. And then we'll finish off this fiery Isaac four of what we should, how we should, you know what we should blame this loss on. So coming up, let's hit that. All right, Isaac. So let's hear from Rick Carlisle. Like you set it up earlier, this is Tim McMahon asked him about the consistency and rotations and setting all that up. And if we're ever going to get consistency out of this rotation. We could possibly get to that. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. Um, you know, our challenge really in games has been physical disposition and on the defense and rebounding side. So that's a consideration. Um, and look, I like, I love having a second playmaker in and I love having a bigger guy that's more physical in. So we kind of walk a, we walk a fine line every night depending on who we're matching up with. Uh, you know, I started Lee tonight because, oh, He's just one of our tough guys. Um, he didn't play much, but we got off to a plus four start with him in the game, which was great. And, uh, you know, we'll keep looking at it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm open to getting something consistent, but we've talked about this from the very beginning that, you know, we, the way we're structured, we probably were going to need to be fluid and flexible. And the guys have handled it well, you know, I mean, um, it's not easy. I get it. So again, like you said, he doesn't really say anything. He does, doesn't really give you anything as far as you know. He says the lineup still needs to be fluid, and you know, I guess that's a thing. It's gonna c- continue. But 
so many guys played. Everybody played but JJ and, and Boban. And you have guys like Justin Jackson who plays you know just over seven minutes. You have Courtney Lee who starts and plays four minutes and 40 seconds. And then you have J- Jalen Brunson only gets to play 16 minutes. And you have Curry who plays less than 13 minutes. And it's just, can we combine some of these guys? And the way that the Knicks played tonight, the way that they ran their rotation is not going to help the Mavericks, I don't think. Like that method of it, the, the Fisdale method, I guess, of overplaying these guys, is the Thibodeau method too, where you play these guys 40 minutes and run them into the ground. I just don't think that that's sustainable, and I don't think that's a good strategy for basketball to play eight guys and to play them the entire game. But the Mavericks have – I think they have to tighten up some of this eventually. And it it's just been all over the place so much to the point that – I don't think anybody's really risen to the point where they have to be in the rotation and this guy definitely has to be out of it. In our mind, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. is there. Like from fan from the fan's mind, maybe he has mm. to be there. Maybe, you know, whatever. however you feel about whatever player. It feels like there's so many – it, you have you're a stan of somebody. It feels like if you're a Mavericks fan, you stand someone on the bench. I even yeah. got a couple tweets that say I'd rather have Ryan Brokoff playing than Tim Hardaway Jr. Like you're a stan of somebody, and so you're you're pushing for your guy. It's almost like the Democratic, you know, like race it's, for pre- the presidential yeah. nomination right now. It's like there's so many different people. This is literally the Mavs team right now. There's so many the different Democratic people running race. right now. There's so many people, and they all bring different things at at a certain point, and eventually they're all gonna you know, come together for, for a cause, right? It's the it's Mavericks team. They're all a team. They're playing, but you have to choose. Right, who's Elizabeth Warren? You have to choose. JJ Bray is definitely Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Boban was de Blasio, but I think he backed out. Maybe he didn't. De Blasio is like six, seven. So he's the tallest one. Where's Beto? Oh, no. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> but what, what, what do we think about this rotation, though? It just feels like it needs to be cleaned up. It's just so sporadic, it feels like. I feel I can't tell. The first two quarters of the game felt like it was just substitution after substitution, and nobody was getting any rhythm. Yeah, so, okay, here's, here's a question. It feels like they're trying to figure out, because even in Rick's answer on that, it, it was... You know, yeah, he'd like to get to that point eventually yeah. to having like a set rotation. Whether it's eight, nine guys, ten, I mean, heck, ten guys. I'll take ten guys at this point. Right. <laughs> 12. But they're obviously trying to figure things out and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Should it be an approach to where you say, hey, these are the nine guys I'm going to use this game, and that's it, to where actually players have a have minutes and a and a rotation spot to actually prove something. You decide that coming into the game? Yeah, can can a player and and this is like beyond me and probably us to like figure out or not. Yeah. We're obviously not coaches. Can a player like show their worth in these spot minutes? Can Justin Jackson show in 7 minutes that he's worth more minutes or worth in a, you know, extended stuff. So like it, it feels like there's so many guys that get thrown in there to different roles in the rotation every single game that it's different that they're being asked things that are different to where what are you like I don't even know has your opinion of any of these guys outside of the top two changed over the over these first like two and a half weeks (laughs) the Tim Hardaway Jr. opinion has changed so much (laughs) I can't keep track of what I feel about Tim Hardaway Jr. right now you did you did defend him pretty good I just I thought that he had played some solid games and he's 
he's the you know the classic thing. It's the Mike Lombardi. You know, you're a certain percentage of a player. Luca is a 100% player. He'll bring it every single night. He'll give you something every single night. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a 25% player. <laughs> 25% of the time, you're like, oh my gosh, that's a good player. He can bring me real stuff. The other 75% of the time, he's doing what he did last night, and he's shooting 5 of 15, and the shots that he's missing are not just open looks or not just shots at the rim. Or I mean, they're bad shots. They're really bad shots. Okay, so Hardaway hit two threes at the end of the game. How many? He took 10 it, three-pointers tonight. <laughs> no way. So 10... He did. Wow. Um, three of ten. So Hardaway, hit, Hardaway hits those two threes at the end of the game. I'm like, all right, these threes, like in a way, for the public eye, a little bit saves him a little bit for the yeah, night. Yeah, if he didn't hit those. Uh, because, yeah, this was, if you're a Tim Hardaway defender right now of him getting major minutes on this team, this is a night you probably just need to go to bed. Like, <laughs> this, this is a night you just need to set out. Forget it happened because this was a this was a tough one and there was some uh, there was some moans and groans in the media in the press box uh, when some when some shots are going up and that turnover in the paint and when Rick put him back in there towards the end oh, of the fourth man. quarter when they came out <laughs> I laugh because I don't even know what to say about it when they came out of the timeout. And they ran a set play for him to get like a shot in it. It felt like he'd only hit one. Actually, well, he only hit. He started. He, in, he started in, in the corner. They ran a pin down for him to come, you know, to curl up to the top of the key and hit it. I mean, a, mo- a moving three on the on the move. And it's like, yes, like JJ Redick does. Yes, he's or not Curry Redick. Hey, yes, guess what? Seth we have Curry. one of those. <laughs> what we have, Seth Curry. <laughs> Okay, um, that's that seems to be the popular opinion right now is that Seth Curry should be playing all of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s minutes. Tim Hardaway Jr., by the way, played just under twenty four minutes. It's not like he played, you know, thirty five minutes or thirty minutes. It's not like he was playing all the time out there. I mean that that's a lot, but Maxi played thirty, Luca and, and Porzingis played thirty five, Dwight played twenty seven, Delon Wright played the, the most of any guard at twenty five, just about twenty six, but is that an overblown opinion right now that Curry should be taking all of Hardaway's minutes? And and what do we think about Curry? Tim Cato tweeted out during the game that he doesn't understand why Curry seems to have the shortest leash, and I agree with him. I don't understand that. Yeah, <clears throat> and apparently there was a moment. I didn't see this. Uh, Cato and I talked after the game about it in the locker room. He tweeted about it, so that's why I to talk about it. Um, what? <laughs> now that you go. <laughs> How to flex? <laughs> you said you talked to him after the game. Wow, talking to Tim Cato. Uh, ooh, Tim Cato. That was after I got the autograph and he signed my athletic notebook. But Tim, he tweeted about I see, this. I see that episode of the. I saw that episode of the Office today where they go to the job fair, and the kid that comes up to the to, to Michael Scott's booth and signs the paper. I always reminds you of Tim for some reason. He just like talks like him and has the same like. I don't know why, but it made, me, never, th- it made me think about Tim. You've never seen the Office. No, never. Oh my gosh! Remember, All your opinions about television like are false now. Okay, <laughs> yeah, continue with that? your your discussion with Tim Cato about the tweet that I already mentioned. No, no, no. He tweeted out a separate thing. Oh, a different tweet. Wow. So many thoughts thing, from Tim tonight. When when Rick took Seth out at the end of the game, he tweeted out and said it looked it like Luca looked over to the bench oh, with yeah. this like confused look of like why is Seth going out of the game and so we we just like talked about that stuff and because yeah it, 
why it felt like Seth why, had kind of did he? <laughs> well, it felt like Seth had kind of like landed at that starting spot with Dorian, and then bam, he's not going to start. They had that well, slow start to the game the other day. Well, that lineup has not been very good. That starting lineup, they started really slow with with Curry and Dorian and Powell with the other with you know Luke and Porzingis obviously, and th- and so I'm I'm guessing they've looked into those numbers and looked into that film and just saw how they started really poorly and decided to move away from that lineup. So, like, hey, we need, we need to put Courtney Lee back in. Yeah. And as Rick Rick loves plus-minus stuff because he oh, even he casually he... dropped, like, the Courtney Lee stuff. He, he was like, yeah, we started Courtney Lee. And he explained why he started Courtney Lee and how much he likes him as a vet. And he's a tough guy. And he's like, you know, in those minutes he started the game, we were plus four in, in those minutes and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, but – they play a lot of these things as matchups and they mix and match with a lot of our role players. Does it make you question at all? Because I've, I've threw this out there saying, Hey, a lot of these other guys, a lot of these other teams and their role players and stuff, a lot of these good teams, like they have solid, um, really good players to where, yeah, we have to like mix and mix and match and things. The fact that we're mixing and matching against the worst team in the NBA, does that like bring any caution to you or, or is that more of, well, the Knicks are full of those type of guys too. So, this is a great question. This is a great question. I think we need to do a whole segment on it. So, coming up, we are going to discuss oh, this about the Mavericks' depth, what it looks like, the Mavericks as a whole, and I think this game actually answered a lot of our questions about what this Mavericks team is going to look like. So, coming up, we're going to get into that. But Isaac, did you know that going into this game, the Mavericks were plus four hundred four thousand five hundred favorite to win the title. So if you bet $100, you could win $4,500 if the Mavs win the title. That's well, the same- if I can find $100, then <laughs> the I same odds as Brooklyn. Uh, they have lower odds than the Heat, the Raptors, the Blazers, and the Jazz, which I thought were all interesting. And the Mavs have higher odds than the Spurs and the Warriors. The Warriors, <laughs> plus 10000 So if you, if you bet on the Warriors and they win the title this year. Stephen Clay coming back. Doing pretty good. And all those odds you can find at mybookie.ag. And mybookie.ag will double your first deposit. Just go on there. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You can bet on Mav stuff. You can bet on general NBA. You can bet on college football, NFL. All that stuff is going on right now. At this point in the NFL season, I feel like we know some things. So you might be able to get some some good odds on some uh, some teams and be able to, to win some money there. So, Go on mybookie.ag, promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. Double your cash on your first deposit, mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Isaac. So your question before we were talking about mybookie. I think the Mavericks have showed us what they're going to be. Luca and Porzingis are going to bring it, and they're going to score every night, and they're going to you know score to their own efficiency or whatever. That's a given. The rest of the team is not a given every night. There's going to be some nights where it's going to be the game against Denver, where they all score in double digits, and it's awesome, and we think that this team has so much depth. And then there's going to be nights like this Knicks game, where they don't perform at all, and they shoot what did they shoot? 14 of 40 something. Uh, just really bad. <laughs> just a really bad shooting night. The role players for the Mavericks. I want to get this right. 13 of 48 from the floor. Twelve. <laughs> That's bad. 10 of 42 if you take Maxi out of it because he was three of six. So it's just it's going to be 
up in the air until somebody steps up, until they figure out the right role. They have to honestly do a Dwight Powell role shift for everybody, it feels like. You have to put everybody in their right place because that's the kind of players they are. They're not these players that you can just sit on any single team like Luca and Porzingis and say, this is what they're going to bring you. They're going to bring it to you for you every single night. And no matter what situation they're in, they're going to be, they're going to give you this Curry should be that kind of a guy. And you know, they should be using him a lot more, I think, but who knows why he's not playing right now. But that's, that's what I feel about this team right now. And I think it's, there's going to be some frustrating losses like this because that depth isn't going to be able to, to boost them up every single game. And Rick Carlisle's putting the target on his back because with them, the moment they struck out in free agency and they spent the money on bringing three or four of these guys, bringing Maxie and Dorian back and going out and getting DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, and blah, blah, blah. Then you have this, quote, deep team to where if this was an eight- or nine-man rotation then and they lose a game or two or whatever, people's freaking out and saying, all right, trades have to be made, roster construction, like things have to – like." All this different stuff. It's more of a management type of thing. But since the team is so deep and there's so many guys that play and you can only play so many guys, the target is on Rick's back every single loss because it kind of goes back to to training camp and somebody tweeted out as a Mavs reporter and this has stuck with me for so long and they said, win or lose, Rick Carlisle is like going to be scrutinized for how he like picking the right matchups, picking the right players who plays the right minutes and all that stuff. Because yeah, I mean, he's, he's making these choices to where who's going to play and who doesn't. And then when they lose, he's going to get the blame for that. And that's going to come all year. And he ta- we've already seen so much on Rick. And he takes it on himself too. You know, I, he does. I just posted a video on free Dawkins about Porzingis' struggles and how he's not getting, you know, shots in the right spaces on the floor that he wants and I broke down the different spaces on the floor that he gets shots and where he's shooting going into the game tonight I didn't have any of the Knicks footage on there but or the Knicks stats or anything but even in that in that video I put the clip of of Rick Carlisle saying I need to get him better shots talking about you know him getting better shots for Porzingis he said that again about Seth Curry tonight I'd like to get him more shots Seth Curry shot zero shots that that should never happen i feel like he should he should at least get i mean two threes or he was in there at the very end he should have gotten a couple of those shots that that hardaway took and he's carlisle's putting it on himself too and i think that you know it is on him it's on him as you know we've talked about him as a great coach for you know years and he's had some really amazing awesome moments he helped this team win a title he helped that team go seven games against the Spurs team a couple years ago that was just an incredible coaching performance and they've had three years where they've just been absolutely suckish and terrible and now they finally have a decent team with decent players and it's on him to try and figure out how to you know if he's going to be considered a warlock still if we're going to still call him a warlock a wizard whatever we decide to call him this is the time when he has to step up and he knows that he's calling it on, on himself and you know that's it's just is what it is at this point. It feels but, but like. But I will say, I will say, it's a, it's that's super hard too. Like when you're giving a team that is constructed this way, when you have so many guys that are on the same level that. But is it as hard as flying a plane, Isaac? <laughs> that no, it is not. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, when you have these guys that are not really third stars, some of them not even like four stars, and you have all all these fifth guys, you know, if we just say fifth guys, like I think that's what the ESPN these... broadcast called them the other day. They have a lot of fifth starters. 
Yeah, and you got to try to find and mix and match each matchup. Uh, that's a pretty dang hard thing to do. So I do give him a bit of a doubt for that of, man, trying to figure all that stuff out. It just feels like they can never make it so far, even though they're, what, 5-3 and three at this point, And, like, it feels like they can't get them to all click at the same time. We have an incredible... But even that, Luca wasn't clicking. True. Like tonight, we had you know Luca and you know KP combined for what they both had uh, thirty five minutes, but thirty eight and twenty eight. So what, sixty two points? Six? No. What? You're talking about minutes or points? Points. Points. Yeah, sixty sixty six points. Sixty six points combined between the two. Incredible night for both of them. But they couldn't get the bench and supporting cast going. And, you know, that Denver game, it was more of the supporting cast. If if they can get it all clicking at the same time, that's in the same game, that's when you're seeing their true potential, in, which is crazy. In this game, they needed one more guy to score 10 or 15. Just one more. Could it have been Dorian hitting a couple threes, Curry hitting a couple threes? We also have to remember, we have the... You know, the luxury of hindsight on this. We can look and say, oh, well, Tim Hardaway Jr. shot 5 of 15 and Curry didn't take a shot. So that's the answer. It's not necessarily the answer all the time. You never know in, in the moment what's going on with the team behind the scenes, what's going on with, you know. I. It's hard for me to just come out with these, like, okay, this is the answer. We should do this. And even in some of my breakdown videos, it's hard for me to say, you know, Porzingis is shooting really bad from 6 to 10 feet. That's a fact. That's true. But the answer is to do this and run them off of more screens and to do this. And it's not necessarily the answer all the time. Yeah, I think that, you know, we're talking about why they play Tim Hardaway over Seth Curry. I think they really view Tim Hardaway as this, like, secondary wing defender. Uh, not on Dorian's level, but I think it's... And they, subbed him, they subbed him back in at the end of the game to guard Marcus Morris. That was the reason why they put him back in. Exactly. So you're not going to do that with Seth Curry to guard Marcus Morris. And I think that's how they view Tim Hardaway. I will. I'm still. I'm still going to stand for Jalen Brunson. And yeah. if we want to talk plus minus, um, there were there was one player who was in a double digits as far as he was a plus fifteen on the night off the bench in sixteen minutes. Uh, I love Jalen Brunson. I wish he had a <laughs> secure spot in that rotation. I know his shooting percentages aren't the best so far this year, but it's wild that he doesn't have a secure spot in the rotation. He. It seemed like he I had know. two bad games. The last two games the Mavericks had were. Were not not great games for Jalen Brunson, and now it just seems like he's, you know, kind of out of the rotation. Like, yeah, and that's why I can't. I mean, yeah, Seth Curry was a plus four, and then the only other positives on the night was Dwight Powell and Courtney Lee. Uh, Dwight Powell's <laughs> a plus two, but even like looking at Dwight and Maxi, I thought I thought Maxi played a, a better game than Dwight and. Even to close the game, they left Dwight out there. Then when they brought KP back in, they subbed uh, Maxi out for KP. I kind of wish it was the other way around. Uh, but it's one of those things where you have so many pieces. Who's going to play? Who doesn't? Uh, it's tough. But I'm anxious to see what happens uh, tonight in Memphis because <clears throat> Porzingis, uh, obviously he played 35 minutes tonight. This was an emotional game for him going against the Knicks. Fouled out. It was a t- Fouled out. There's a ton of which Rick took uh, credit for the, or took blame for that because uh, in the post game press conference he said, "Hey, that missed rebound um, oh, yeah. after the R.J. Barrett free throws." He said, "I wanted to preserve a timeout." He said, "So I I didn't put my full like rebounding lineup. Put didn't put the full bigs in there. He went smaller. They didn't get the rebound, and then KP fouled. He fouled out. Blah blah. blah. 
but emotional game for him going against uh, New York. A lot of New York media there, obviously talking with him. Uh, it was really cool to see um, a lot of New York media talking to him uh, off the record after in uh, post game stuff. I know I've mentioned this before, but Porzingis is incredible to talk to as far as media goes. Gives he is the most polite, respectful guy who I mean comes in, will shake your hand no matter if he knows you're not. Ask how you're doing. He will answer questions, give you good answers, like just great. He knows your birthday. And, <laughs> but he was just a lot of New York media had stuck around, was talking to him, he's laughing with them, catching up with them. Obviously, they've covered him for a long time and stuff, but. Does Porzingis play tonight in Memphis? And it was funny, however you want to read into this, but every other player had pretty much... So right after the game, they're flying out. They're on their way to Memphis right now in the air. And as soon as the game's over, players are headed out. By the time the media even gets to the locker room, most players are gone. Luka was fully dressed. Much to Isaac's chagrin. Uh, Luca was like fully dressed, ready for the plane. Uh, was like, hey, do I really have to talk to media and all this stuff? So, like, players are getting out of there quick to get to the team plane. Porzingis is taking his dear old time. And he was, you know, went and took a shower, came back, did his thing, chilled at the locker, talked to media forever. That's also, a, st- that's also a star player thing, by the way, just taking your time and doing all that. But. But I was, but the the team playing leaves at a certain time. They everybody was gone, like everybody was bolting and stuff. Is that an indication that hey, I don't have much to get ready for tomorrow because I'm not uh, playing? Is that an indication that he's not going? I don't know. Like that's, yeah. uh, I don't know about that. I just know that everybody else was in a in a really big hurry. He wasn't, um, and the whole this is the first back to back of the season, and so. I know Rick and I think Tim McMahon tweeted out and said they were non-committal about it, both of them, whether he was going to play. Uh, if I had to take a shot at it, I would guess that he doesn't play, uh, just for you know precautionary stuff. But I don't know; he could play. Yeah, he's played a lot of minutes the last couple of games too, and so I feel like I feel like they'll, they'll hold him out. I, I feel like, and by the time you guys are listening to this, you probably already know if he's going to play or not. So, uh, but against Memphis, this is a, this is kind of an interesting team. John Morant has been balling out, and it'll be interesting to see if Let's they go. keep DeLon Wright or Jalen Brunson in there. I, I bet they start DeLon Wright to put him on John Morant. Dylan Brooks has also been balling out, too. He's had a couple 30-point games already. Uh, Brandon Clark, let's go. I like so many of these Memphis guys, so it's going to be like, yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. I wish we could see Porzingis versus Jaron Jackson Jr. That'd be a good matchup, but we're probably not going to see that. Jonas Valanciunas is still doing his thing. offensively tonight against the Knicks, uh, incredible. I mean... He he went four of eight from three. The some of his drives, I know I, I make fun of great. his drives sometimes. Some of his drives look great. He had some dribble. He he got he started off kind of slower, but we saw. I mean, his tw- he had twenty eight points. You saw a glimpse tonight of just how special this duo can be scoring wise. And we have. I mean, we didn't even talk about. I mean, Luke had thirty eight in this game. Career high. And I mean, we're not even. We're just. We're talking about how they can fix it and all of that. It's because but. the the when it when they lose, it's not going to be on Luca. I mean, even the the final shot when you know we've seen some. people. Well, yeah, we haven't talked about this. I've Let's seen some this. people already. You know, be upset at the final shot. There's twenty seven seconds left. The Mavericks are down what? They're down seven. <laughs> They're down by a lot at that point, And he throws up a a deep three, and it was on target. I mean, it was it was close. It was it was going to go in, and. Uh, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he should have done something else. Should have waited to get a cleaner shot." Wait, wait, you're, we're talking about the last three. The last three, they were down by three. 
And with like 15 seconds left. Oh, it was 105-102. And they were down yeah, yeah, three, yeah. and he took that wild three. It was early in the shot clock, too. Uh, Carlisle said that he trusts Luca's judgment, and then Luca mm-hmm. says, uh, let's let's throw this. Luca says uh, this. This is what he said about the final shot. I don't care about the season. I just want to win. I think I made a bad decision. I made a bad decision. That wasn't the shot I was looking for. And, you know, I let my team down again, so I gotta make better choices. So this is now this is now two times where Luca has said that he mm-hmm. didn't he shouldn't have taken that that shot. He should have done something else. And Carlisle has backed up Luca's decision. So, uh, do you know if they were in the bonus or not? Ooh. And if they had their tallest player on the floor? <laughs> yeah, they're both uh, in the they're, they're both in the bonus. Both teams oh, are in the bonus. Why didn't he drive? I mean, <laughs> now okay. Yeah, I mean it's what I mean. Rick says you know this is basically this is our best player. I trust him to do you know to take the uh, shot that he should take or to make the play for someone else. And even Rick says, I mean, what do you want in these situations? You want you want him to take it. You you need a three in this situation. And your whole thing is, hey, I want to get an open three, preferably with one of my best players. Luca got the open three. He was open because yeah, it was from thirty five feet, but it was a really clean look. It hit the back of the. It was on target. It hit the back of the rim. Was it the most ideal uh, shot in the world? Absolutely not. But once again, I'm I'm walking out of that play. I'm not pissed about that. That's the last thing I'm pissed about. I'm pissed about everything that happened before that. The fact that they were down by ten with like two minutes to go, and somehow they made they brought it to that point. But if we're talking about a, a 33 foot shot by Luca and it's on target and it's it's open for the most part. If that was Tim Hardaway Jr., no. But I, I'm not mad about that play. Uh, he, he, I know he is, and he was very open about that after the game, like we just listened to him, and he's upset with himself, and that's what you want to hear from a star player. I love hearing that from him. Yeah. You want to hear him take the blame, even though it's not all his blame. We know that. Um, but I'm not, I'm not walking out of this game thinking about that play. I'm thinking about a ton of other plays, even though it wasn't the best shot in the world. Yeah. It's it's a cliche at this point that oh there's so many other ways the Mavs lost this game but it's true so <laughs> there's just so many other ways that they lost this game and it was the defense it was the rotation it was role players not sh- not scoring and showing up it was not it was the Knicks playing a heck of a ball game they played really well for, I thought for they sure did. they hit their shots and when this when this Knicks team hits their shots they're really good and when they don't then they're when you score more points than another <laughs> team I mean you're bound to win. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Harp. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow for another post-game pod. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Oh.